I've been praying for the non-believers. All my neighbors thinking I will leave her. Awful eager to fall for all deceivers. They don't care what the creator prefers. They don't believe in walking up to Peter. They don't believe in God, Jesus either. Go from breeders and the instant reapers. Listen to the tweeters, the twisted leaders, misdemeanors. Then you go for felonies. Hello, welcome to Be Vigilant. I'm your host, Matt Dean. Today with me is Jeff Brooks, running for Central Valley School District School Board member. Today's episode is brought to you by Valerie M. We, once again, we are so thankful for your kind prayers and financial help that keeps us on the air on American Christian Network, 3 p.m. on Thursdays. Let's jump right into it, Jeff. How you doing? I'm doing great. I love that intro music. That was awesome. Thank you. That's a uh, he's a friend of mine now, D. Carey. He's been on the show a couple times. He's an Air Force vet, a Christian, and he makes music. I love it, Air yeah. Force. I, yeah. I am Navy. I'm a Navy veteran. There we go. So That's always about that. We are better than them, I'd have to say. Right. <laughs> Jeff and I do share that in common, both Navy before. And uh, Jeff's running for Central Valley School District here in Spokane. A little background about who Jeff is. How's that? Sure. Sounds good. So we moved to Spokane in 1992. My wife and I, Kimberly, we've been married for 32 years now. Amen. Right on. And two kids lived in the same house in the in the same neighborhood. Love it. Up in Ponderosa. It's been excellent. I was initially when we moved here, I didn't think I was going to stay. We came here just to go to physical therapy school, which is, that's what I did. I went to Eastern Washington University, physical therapy program. And I thought for sure we would graduate and move on to some other fancy place. And we came to just really love this area and call it our forever home and, and now we've been here ever since 1992 a little bit of my backstory i grew up in puyallup so okay. on the coast puyallup fair everybody remembers that mm -hmm. maybe but uh i was the oldest of three my parents sadly divorced when i was young two years old i don't remember my father at all she remarried uh, another man about two years later but Unfortunately, that marriage didn't last either, so we ended up being a family, three kids, and a single mom growing up all the way through junior high and high school. So uh, I say that just because now I'm suddenly responsible to help my younger siblings get through school, uh, all the chores that needed to be done, that kind of thing. I, I had to be the responsible gotcha. one, even though I didn't really want to be. That was what I was given. Mm -hmm. So, and as a single parent, she doesn't have ton. She didn't have lots of money. She worked hard, but she didn't have lots of money for all the really neat things, like the fanciest tennis shoes or the the neatest blue jeans or things like that. So, if I wanted something, I had to go earn it myself. I had to go pick blueberries. I had to walk on the side of the road and pick up aluminum cans and bottles. And back in the day, I'm 62. You could take that those in and to the recycling center, and they would pay you for it. Mm -hmm. So I bought my first bicycle and my first motorcycle, doing that before I had my first job when I was 16. So I, again, and I, I bring this up just to say I understand the value of money, and I understand how difficult it is to grow up in a single parent home. It, mm -hmm. It's hard. You you really have to. Um, care for each other and, and listen and, and, and be respectful and all those things. And I'm so grateful that my mom was so good that way. I mean, she did have a great Christian background and it was disappointing that our, the marriages, you know, couldn't work out, but that's just how it was. Mm -hmm. So and from there, I ended up working in men's clothes and I 
moved up into management as a store manager at 19 years old at a men's clothing store on the west side of the state called Mr. Rags. Some people might remember that. They were in business for quite a few years. One of the depressions in 85, it, it, it took them took them out it just it was too much for them but by that time i had gone into the navy mm -hmm. and i was well i was frustrated i made store manager at 19 and i'm 22 i'm still a store manager and i'm working at the mall so who wants to keep doing that i couldn't see a future i couldn't afford college i didn't know what to do at college if i would have gone to college mm -hmm. so it, it didn't make sense anyway so i saw this ad on the paper for nuclear power in the seattle times I, well nuclear power sounds interesting what's that all about answer the ad it's the navy mm -hmm. but i thought well let's try it out so i took their entrance exam and oh lo and behold i scored a perfect score on their entrance exam which is pretty neat yeah i was gonna say when you told me what you did i thought man this guy is way smarter than me <laughs> then I, I i tried the the nuclear power exam just to see how i would do and i passed that as well not i didn't get a perfect score mm -hmm. I, I honestly i was in a pretty bad car accident when i was a senior in high school and i, I um, lost my memory for about oh, wow. six or seven months so it took a while to regain my ability to to work out math problems and physics and things like that so it took a couple years but i was able to get through and i went through the navy nuclear power school pipeline graduated second in my class I was assigned to a special project submarine at Maryland Naval Shipyard, and for four years I was a, a machinist mate at the top of my game, all the way up to lead mechanic. So I was the second in charge underneath the, the chief in the M division on the submarine. So it was a really fun career. Mm -hmm. I mean, honestly, at the time, I can't say climbing around in the bilge and getting filthy was the best, yeah. but you learn. Mm -hmm. I, I gained skills that I, I will never regret. So military, for some people, is a great option. And I learned so mm -hmm. much about how to relate to people mm -hmm. from all over the country yeah. that we have completely different backgrounds on and, and thought processes and values and all those things. But when you're on the submarine in particular, you have to work together. There's no choice. There's 120 guys. You have a mission. And every one of your lives depend on what the other guy is doing. And you know that from mm -hmm. being in the service that you have to rely on that other person for the training yep. that they have. So that was my uh, drive to be the best that I could, not only just for me, but for those other men mm -hmm. that I was sailing with. So the short end, uh, how, I, how did I end up in physical therapy school? I, yeah, that's a, those are two different paths, <laughs> nuclear machinist mate to physical therapy. To physical therapy, I, I could tell uh, after about two years that this was not going to be my career. I made it to E6, which is the highest yeah. enlisted ra rank you can get before moving up to chief, and that, that would be more administration. So I made E6 in three and a half years, which is pretty good pace. Yeah. Um, but there was no room for promotion after that. They, uh, the needs of the Navy... They didn't need any people at that higher so there's no point to stay in. But here's the kicker. We were on station. We were special projects um, overseeing what the Soviet Union was doing. Mm -hmm. And we needed to try to escape. They knew we were there. They didn't want us there. So our captain wisely parked us underneath an iceberg, and we floated for two months under an iceberg out in the open ocean. So when there's nothing happening, the engine room's not running, absolutely cold. I had a lot of time to think. 
and going to medical school or physical therapy school both sounded really good to me. <laughs> so mm -hmm. that's where that decision came from. And then from there, I pursued my college career and, and, and ended up here at Eastern. So um, the next step, I guess, of, of where I'm going, why am I running for the school board? Yeah. You may ask. It's a Central Valley <laughs> School District. It's it's a big one, right? You got two two high schools, three high schools. Three now. high yep. schools in the district. They're roughly fourteen thousand one hundred ish students in, in the the entire um, district. Mm -hmm. Seventy thousand something households. Wow, something like that. So it's, so it's fairly large. It's and not it's going to get bigger. Getting bigger. It's not as big as District eighty one, but that's pretty good size. Mm -hmm. You look at Mead. Mead only has about ten thousand or so students. Okay. So. We're one-third bigger, if you're looking at it that way. Why am I running for the school board? I had no intentions of running for the school board. I'm a very successful physical therapist. I, I've trained myself in very high levels of manual therapy, and, and I have just, uh, I'm having fun. I'm mm -hmm. at that time in my life where I'm having a lot of fun. And I'll be honest, I was looking t really kind of towards retirement, moving to Florida, spending three or four months out of the year in Florida, and then coming back here during the, the best part of, of the year. In mm -hmm. Getting out of the winter. And I'm on, I'm on the road. I'm on my way to a continuing education course down in Portland, and I get a phone call from a family friend. Our kids grew up, that, you know, literally were born within weeks of each other. My daughter and their son grew up together, and she called to tell me, um, or ask me if I would meet with a group of parents and discuss what's going on in the schools. And would you consider a position, running for a position on the school board? And I had to tell her, I'm not sure about that right now. I, I don't know. That's, mm -hmm. that's a lot to think about and a, a big responsibility. And I'm on the road and I'm driving through the canyons on the way to Portland, so I can't really think about it. So I come back. I meet with this group of parents, and one by one, I'm hearing the same stories over and over of the the lack of empathy, the lack of transparency hmm. in the school board. For example, a parent would come to the podium at a school board meeting and voice their concern about why is my daughter unable to read at eighth grade level? Why is my son unable to do math? Why... Yeah, Valid questions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the board would listen, n not always making eye contact, but as soon as a person was done talking, this is what they would get. They would get a thank you, and they would look at the next person and say, next. And that's what they got. They got no interaction, hmm. no questions, nothing. And I don't know if that's something that the superintendent has directed them to do but i can tell you the parents were not happy about it so when you get no communication it's basically one way mm -hmm. it's coming from them as a directive yeah parents are talking to them and they're getting no response decisions were being made in executive committee or executive council behind closed doors so to speak and the parents wouldn't find out about it until months later. Mm -hmm. Months later. The decision, was it uh, Senate Bill 5599 about opening up the bathrooms yep. so that boys could use the girls' bathrooms and what? That decision was made months and months before the school board ever told the parents. So they had this big meeting in November, or I'm sorry, December of last year. 
and the meeting, I, I watched it. The assistant superintendent came out and came to the podium and, and announced, we are not going to discuss this. We are going to tell you how it's going to be implemented. Hmm. So there was, again, no way, no two-way conversation. It was simply, this is how it's going to be. That led to a lot of pretty upset parents, mm -hmm. and I don't blame them. I don't blame them. Yeah. At least have the discussion. That's that's part of what I do as a therapist. I, I listen to you. What are the problems? What What's wrong with your body? What is that doing to the quality of your life? We have to listen. Two-way communication. Ask questions. My mom always said, one mouth, two ears. You should listen twice as much as you talk. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I know it's an old saying that everyone's it, heard. It works. <laughs> I heard my mom say it. So, and, and it does work. And, and so for me, we need to communicate, even if we don't always agree, which we're not going to on every single thing. Oh, yeah. But <clears throat> let's have the discussion and find out where where is that coming from in your heart? Why, why are you so passionate mm -hmm. about this thing? And let's try to look at it from each other's perspective so at least we can be civil. So if you go back 50 years, Republicans, Democrats, They'd have a big debate, big town hall, and then when it was over, what'd they do? They went to the baseball park, and they'd have a game, and they'd have a picnic, and they were friends. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't happen today. We've been The divide has been set there. <clears throat> As you were speaking about the school board, I've watched school board meetings. I was actually at our Spokane City Council meeting this last Monday. I don't usually go to those because I don't live in Spokane, but they wanted to denounce the mayor. and It was, it was a bunch of hoopla. What I watch is these people, these elected officials, school board members, city council members, they've got this, I don't want to say it's a power trip, but they no longer listen to the people that A, voted for them, B, that they, their constituents that they answer to. And for you to say maybe the superintendent flowed down this, this narrative to the school board, that's exactly how, the opposite. The way I look at school boards elected and they pick the superintendent, correct? That's exactly that right. That superintendent makes six figures a year. You as a school board member make no money a year, I'm assuming. You've, you've got, you, but you're the checks and balances. And this country has gone away from checks and balances. It's once I get there, it's my way or the highway. And it's really, it's the people that got me there's way or the highway is what they're saying. So to hear that a school board right here in Spokane County is acting this way, not listening to the parents who's, and those are, that wasn't way out things to say, why can't my kid read? Why can't, you know? You should be accountable to that, correct? Hundred percent. It's it's and it goes both ways. But yes, of course, the the school board, superintendent, administrators, instructors, we all have our re responsibility and our role to play. But what we leave out a lot of times, in, in my mind anyway, is the the parents. Mm -hmm. The parents also have a, an accountability and a responsibility to prepare their children. To go to school. Oh, yeah. So uh, in my case, I was very fortunate. It's, my wife and I have a, a good marriage, and we, we communicate well. I read to my kids from the day they were born. Mm -hmm. So we started out reading Dr. Seuss and Sesame Street, all the classic fun books that you would read. Mm -hmm. And as they got older, we started reading a little bit more uh, sophisticated books, the children's Bible, things like that, because uh, this is valid. And, and the Bible, of course, is an excellent source of moral values, yep. lessons learned, both Old and New Testament, as well as vocabulary. 
So for my kids, they, they heard like a, a wide variety of, uh, of books, As not only in English, mind you. I, I read to them in French and Spanish and Italian and German, so they would have that experience. So all parents can do this, even if they're single parents. Mm -hmm. you know, I get it. You know, my mom, she spent the time that she had with us when we were young, even though she worked pretty long hours to do what she did. She would always give us even a little bit of time every day, just 10 minutes, 15 minutes per kid. And that was so helpful just for me. It had a lasting imprint on my life. And I swore that I would do the same for my kids, that I would read to them 30, 45 minutes a day. And I'll be honest with you, um, I loved it just as much mm -hmm. as they did. It was, it was for me, it was, it was heaven. I loved it. Yeah. So uh, reading to the kids, teaching them how to do math, addition, subtraction, multiplication, division, as young as they can understand it is so critical to prepare them for school. Mm -hmm. So that's what I did. And my hope is once I am able to get in the school board to help help the parents to be able to do the same thing, it, it empower them. Let's find out what, how can I help you spend more time? Can I give you tools? Can I, can I get books for you that, that mm -hmm. you can read to your kids or something like that? Uh, it, it's important because the kids, their their brains are so uh, plastic and they're absorbing everything. So, and and as I'm saying this to you, my kids are now they're hiking through Spain. They're 25 and 27 years old. They're doing that the Camino de Santiago, that pilgrimage, 500 mile walk across Spain. They are fluent French speakers, and reasonably good spanish they're gonna speakers. get good they're immersing they, themselves they're, or they're gonna get lost and they're they're doing fine they're yeah. they're now since the 28th they've been there since august 29th so they've been there more a than month? a month yeah. now and they're doing great and now would they have done that if they weren't comfortable with the foreign language and and and, and that I, my mission for them was to create kids help them to see a, a much much larger world we have been blessed by being able to travel and I've, I've been able to take my kids to multiple states in the country and and we have been to Europe with the kids but uh, not everybody I, I know people not everybody can do that but I mean at least you can read to them and open up their mind and I feel mm -hmm. that's so important so you go back to that accountability idea it's it's parents we have to prepare them now we need to demand we need to demand a stronger curriculum yeah. from the school. I got a letter last week. Someone took the time. They went to my website. They took the time to contact me and tell me that they were a teacher in the Central Valley for 28 years. I almost printed it. I was going to read it for you, and I, I forgot. But they were describing how they were recognizing the students. They just weren't comprehending what they were reading very mm -hmm. well they were reading it but they weren't really understanding it what used to be called reading, reading comprehension the class comprehension right? mm -hmm. um, which reminds me that after they don't teach phonics anymore they don't teach how to sound out words they teach you sight words like if you're looking at this you're supposed to memorize that this says vote you're supposed to memorize that that says jeff so you're not looking at jeff 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 mm -hmm. jeff you're not the they're not teaching that. So hmm. kids, 
they can't solve the problem because they don't know how. Yeah. They're not being taught how to think. They don't know how to solve that problem of learning. They're only expected to memorize all of these words. Just be a little automaton, memorize what you're supposed to and go on. Exactly. Exactly. So that, that was kind of like a, a, a segue there that just popped into my brain. And now, of course, I've forgotten where I was going in, in the initial. <laughs> but uh, uh, it, I think that's so important to mm-hmm. make sure that we are teaching these kids how to think, yeah. how to solve problems. So, um, okay, I'm back. The uh, uh, the letter that I got from the, the school board or the, the teacher. Uh, school teacher in the, in the Central Valley. So reading and comprehension. Students were having trouble understanding what they were even reading. So he comes across a program somewhere. He and his teaching partner decide to implement this program in, in their classroom. Amazing the kids start learning and doing better mm-hmm. because I, I don't know what the program was. He, there's only a limited space, but uh, he said we implemented it. The kids were scoring much, much better on their reading as well as their comprehension, so much so that other teachers were noticing, oh, my gosh, how come your students are doing so much better than mine? I'm teaching from the authorized curriculum. Mm-hmm. And this teacher, well, we've, we're trying this, this new system to supplement what's been given to us. Other teachers take that. They start using it. Amazing. These other classrooms suddenly start doing better. Mm-hmm. They're comprehending more. What happens next, you ask? Upper-level administration finds out that they're not using the authorized curriculum, and they end it. They, they quash the whole program, and it's removed from the system. So they have to go back to the old system. What happens? Everybody drops right back down to this lower common denominator. Very, very frustrating for a teacher that's gone to school to the masters, maybe the PhD level. Yeah. And they're trying they've worked so hard to get that education and to share it with the kids, and they're not being allowed to. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I okay, I get some continuity is important. <coughs> I, I, I do get that. But teachers should be allowed to understand that every student learns a different way. Mm-hmm. You might learn by hearing. I might be better if I'm reading it. Mm-hmm. Another student might be better by hands-on, doing things that way. So kinesthetic learner versus mm-hmm. an auditory learner or a visual learner. A great teacher understands how their students learn and adapts the lesson to match how your student is learning. Things like uh, uh, recognizing maybe there's a vision problem, which mm-hmm. is what I had when I was a kid. I had a, a, a like one side was closer than the other one. I, um, what is that? Um, Depth perception. Yeah, a little bit of that. So it wasn't, I mean, I could tell. Like it's, I had 20-20 vision, but it was just a little bit of an angle that was wrong. Gotcha. So it, it was hard for me sometimes to, to see what was on the chalkboard. So once they figured that out and ooh, got some glasses, it was way easier. So teachers just noticing things mm-hmm. like that. Teachers caring to teach. Teachers caring to <laughs> teach. And and I know a lot of them are. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not disrespecting the teachers, the, a lot of them. But it's the tools that they're being given. They're are not, not being allowed to use. They're not being allowed to use. Their curriculum, <clears throat> I've been told this now by several teachers, the curriculum this year is roughly 50% of what it was 10 years ago. 
So did you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. They're only teaching 50% of what they taught 10 years ago. Yep. I mean, we could go down rabbit holes of why they're doing this. They're trying to create these little machines that are just going to go into the, you know, the, the menial job workforce. They don't want them to question anything. We don't have enough time for that in this show. Yeah. we got about three and a half minutes three and left. Half minutes. I know yeah. I, I was just thinking um, the push to get kids to go to college is outrageous. Mm -hmm. Not every kid is ready. I wasn't ready. Yeah. I was, I agree. I don't know. Um, I was, was going to be third in my class until my car accident in high school, but I had no idea what I was going to do. Even, mm -hmm. even so what I'm graduating with a 3.9 something in high school. I don't know any idea what I'm going to do. A lot of kids were like that. My mm -hmm. son was like that. He didn't really know, but he got the presidential scholarship at Whitworth. So we went, it was great that he, 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 yeah, he, he got a degree in psychology. That's fine. My daughter, on the other hand, knew she wanted to be a nurse from the time she was born. She's an emergency room trauma specialist right now. So she knew she knew not all kids are that way. Yeah. So I, I am proposing let's spend more time understanding the strengths that these kids have and how they learn talk about the trades and let's go to some of these trade businesses out mm -hmm. there i know that there are several of them uh the home builders association has some great um programs that they're promoting okay. to get people to come to be an electrician or a plumber or to, to just to be a, a, a just to just be a carpenter come yeah. on Jesus was a carpenter. Jesus he was, was a carpenter. I yeah. know. As soon as I said it, I thought that's really dumb. No. Jesus yeah. was a carpenter. But think about the the skill set that you mm -hmm. have to have to understand angles of degrees yep. when, when you're miter boxing something and putting it together. Um, I was told by uh, State Representative Jim Walsh just not long, like a week ago, he was talking about how students graduating from high school, many of them don't have the math skills to understand the like degrees. Like if I gave you a pipe and I said, bend this pipe to a 45 degree angle, mm -hmm. there are students that couldn't do that. That yeah. That's wrong. That wouldn't it's, be fair for me. I was a pipe welder. I went to school for that. So that wouldn't have been fair to hand that to me. But yeah, these these students aren't doing that, right? They're not they're not living up to they're not, they're not being given the tools to try that. That's exactly it. He said the kids yeah. are brilliant. We're not living up. We to, are not living up to what they deserve. Exactly. And so that's got, my frustration. Kids are brilliant. Mm -hmm. We have to give them the tools. So uh, I guess to finish up about me. Um, the best How do they way, get a hold of you? you? The best way is, it's really easy. WW, the, the website, mm -hmm. www.jeffbrooks4cvsd.com. It's all letters, all lowercase. Jeffbrooks4cvsd, Central Valley School District. Jeffbrooks4cvsd.com. Super easy to find me. Um, look at my website. Yeah. See if it agrees with what your values are. My values are right at the bottom of my palm card right there. Proverbs 22, 6. Train up a child in the way he should go, and all his days he won't depart from it. Yep. That is my master plan. Amen. Jeff, I thank you so much. I thank you for sticking your neck out, for saying kids are worth it. That's Jeff Brooks for CVD, CVSD.com. Check him out. District 1. Thank you again, Jeff. Until next time, remember to be sober and be vigilant. Goodbye. To the old me.